The move of the Spirit must not be lost to this generation. We have a mandate to teach and admonish the body of Christ in the ways of the Spirit and to stir them up to take the power of the Holy Ghost into their world. God is ready to do a new thing. Are you ready? I said to the Lord, what are the things that you want to correct and instruct us about? Because correction will bring instruction. And instruction will guide us into getting into the perfect will of God. And if we'll heed what the Spirit of God is saying, have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, then we can enter into those wonderful things that He has for us. If we'll heed what He is saying to us, then we'll avoid pitfalls. We'll avoid trouble. We'll avoid... um, We'll avoid getting off into error. We'll avoid getting in, we'll avoid destruction that the world is operating in and entering into. Are you listening to me? So it's not only entering into what God has for us, but it's also avoiding the wrong things. So the Lord showed me some things, things that are going to need to be corrected in these last days. Now I'm not talking about just one particular body, but I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, for one, there's going to have to be correction for unyieldedness and dishonor for the Holy Ghost and his move. There is going to have to be correction because people have been unyielded and have dishonored the move of the Spirit when it comes into their midst. Too often times when the Holy Ghost begins to move, he's grieved. Now again, take this as this is a word uh, for the body of Christ, not just for this body. But if it's, it's for us, it's a word in due season. Um, too often times the Holy Ghost moves and he wants to do things, but he's grieved because the thoughts of the people wander in other directions. The hearts of the people wander in other directions. It's not outward, but it's inward. And it, it misleads and takes people off. It takes the service in the wrong direction, not in the direction of heaven. But there is, there is correction for unyieldedness that is coming in these last days. Too often times the Holy Ghost begins to move and people get restless. They start moving. I've seen services where people were getting up and walking out right in the middle of what the Holy Ghost was doing. I Get upset at me. I don't, there's a lot of people in this world that don't like me. So I'm already, it's, we're past that. So we're fine. But I'm just going to say what needs to be said. I don't pull any punches. It is dishonor when we get up and move around when the Holy Ghost is moving. It is dishonor when we get on our phones, when the Holy Ghost is moving. It is dishonor when we're yakking with each other, when the Holy Ghost is moving. Well, it's not affecting anything. That's down there at the front. No, it's in our midst. Are you listening to me? I've been in some meetings where the spirit of prophecy will come on me. That prophet's anointing will come on me. I'll begin to prophesy and then people will get restless or they begin to move around, or they get they start to wander in their thoughts, and they start to, or they start to 
they start to try to express some kind of a gratitude to the Lord. And they start clapping. And immediately that anointing lifts off of me and flies away like a bird. The Holy Ghost was grieved. The Holy Ghost was grieved. And so we're going to have to learn how to be yielded and how to honor him in when he begins to move. Honor him and his presence again. And to be yielded and go in the flow that he wants us to go in. Can you say amen? Another thing, there's going to be correction for unbelief. I've called for you to believe. I've called for you to operate in faith. But many have disbelieved and not believed the word of the Lord when it's come to him. And he said there is correction for that because you can only go so far in unbelief. When you've heard the word, when you've sat under the word, when you have seen what the Lord has done and time passes and you're still operating in that unbelief, then, then that, that's where correction comes in. Because more is required of people who know. More is required of people that know. Can you say amen? Glory be to God. But there's going to be correction for unbelief. We have, we have no right. And again, remember the scripture said, renewing our mind, transforming our mind, transforming our thinking, renewing our mind to the word of God and to the will of God. We have no right to say to ourselves or to think in ourselves that I, there, Lord, there's no way that I can do that. Lord, there's no way that that's possible. Lord, that's too hard. Lord, it's too much. We have no right to say that. That's unbelief. The Lord will require faith in these last days. The Lord's requiring faith in these last days. The children of Israel did not enter into the promised land because of unbelief. Because they said the, the giants in the land, they're too great. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. But there's going to be correction for unbelief. We are required, we are expected to believe. God would not require something of us that we could not do. If he required something of us that we couldn't do, he would be unjust. He would be unjust. But God is dealing with us about faith and operating in faith in these last days, in the spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, dealing with us about that spirit of faith because it's required of us because we can do it, because we are to do it, operate in that in these last days. Another thing, correction for unwillingness to pray. We talked about that earlier. You know, there's such a strong emphasis from the word of God on prayer. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Continuing instant in prayer. That was direction from the word. Paul was writing. He said, continuing instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 says, praying with always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Praying always. Praying always with all prayer and all supplication in the spirit. Are you with me? Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Are you picking up on a pattern here? Pray without ceasing, continue in prayer, continuing in prayer. Well, let me give you another one. First Timothy chapter two, 
verse 8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Hallelujah. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Notice the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Well, I like that, but that kind of leaves you out here a little bit. Kind of leaves you hanging out here a little bit. It availeth much, but how much? I like what the Amplified says. The earnest, heartfelt, notice, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Notice it's made, tremendous power is made available and it's dynamic in his working through earnest, heartfelt, and continued prayer. It will not be, it will not be tremendous in power without it being continued in. Are you listening to me? Because some people say, well, I prayed about that that one time. Why didn't anything happen? But, and obviously the right kind of prayer for the right situation, but obviously it requires continued prayer in order for there to be tremendous power made available in supplicating and in intercession, especially those things are necessary. Let me give you one more. First Peter chapter four, verse seven says the end of all things is at hand. Be sober. And then Peter said, watch unto prayer, watch unto prayer. So we find, I just listed off a bunch of scriptures for you, didn't I? And they all are saying the same thing. Different ministers, but the same Holy Ghost. Don't neglect to pray. Don't cease to pray. And the Lord said to me, there's going to be correction for unwillingness to pray. The Lord corrected me. I just told you that story. He corrected me. He said, you're not praying the way I told you to. Did you know that that really got me? It made me cry. It made me grieved in my spirit because I was falling short of his best. I was falling short of his perfect will. But not only that, I was not helping the Lord the way he needed help. He needs our prayers. And so he corrected me and there is going to be correction in these last days for an unwillingness to pray from the body because every single one of us has been given a ministry of prayer. The Lord said, there is going to be correction for unscriptural worship. Worship that is unscriptural. Worship that is not in line with the word of God. Singing songs that are not lift that do not lift up the name of Jesus, singing songs that do not magnify God, singing songs that magnify the feelings of man and the the what man is going through, singing songs that are full of doubt and unbelief instead of full of faith, and then you know practices in worship that are not scriptural. Are you listening to me? We don't have time to go into it, guys, but I'm just going to say it. You're just going to have to take it and talk to the Lord about it. Don't fuss and cuss about it, but just, just take it and talk to the Lord about it. Clapping is neither praise nor worship. It's an applause that does not belong in the New Testament, is not found in the New Testament. Jesus said, the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. John 4, 24, 23 and 24. The New Testament teaches us how to pray or teaches us how to worship. 
the New Testament teaches us how to worship. You do not find clapping in the New Testament. You do find lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, we just quoted it. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. We do find singing to the Lord in Hebrews chapter 13. Offer the sacrifice of praise, the scripture said, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his holy name. There's to be fruit in our lips. There's to be fruit in our mouth. We offer praise and worship unto God out of our mouth and with our hands lifted high. Glory be to God. These are the practices that the New Testament teaches concerning worship. It is unscriptural to do things that they did in the Old Testament. It is unscriptural to practice what they did in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. They were not born again. They could not worship God in spirit and in truth. They offered sacrifices before God. David danced before the Lord. He did not dance in the spirit. He danced before the Lord with all his might, the scripture teaches. But too often times, people are trying to take what happened in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, and trying to bring it over into the New. And they start trying to worship and praise God like they did in the Old Covenant. I was in a service one time. I wasn't ministering, but I was going um, to uh, be with a minister that was ministering. And um, we got in the service. People began to worship God. They were leading people in worship. And then at the end of the worship times, one dear sweet sister got up and she began to dance before the whole congregation with a bunch of ribbons and a bunch of uh, performance and, and a show and just was dancing all over the place with a bunch of flags. And, not, and then after that, they blew what they call the shofar in the Old Testament, that big horn, blew that. And you talk about throwing a cold bucket of water on the service. Completely grieved the Holy Ghost. Pastor Jim, you were there. Completely grieved the Holy Ghost. Because why? Because that is not New Testament practice. That is not New Testament teaching. And people that get up like they do in so many churches today and have interpretive dancing and interpretive worship. And you notice that those girls that they bring up to do that, they're, ne they're never ugly. And they're never fat. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Do you notice they're always attractive and they're always in these really skin tight clothes? It, it is true. It is true. And I'll tell you something else. It's unscriptural. It has to be corrected. Are you listening to me? It is going to be corrected in these last days. Because it is unscriptural to do that. It brings attention on man rather than on God. You're to worship God in the spirit and in truth. I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care if you don't agree. I'm responsible to him. I've said to the Lord, I fear you. I don't fear man. Boy, and it made, it's really freed me up. I'll tell you the truth. There is going to be correction and instruction concerning the speed at which people respond to my spirit. There is going to be correction because people have not responded to my spirit as quickly as I told them to. They've been too slow. They've been tardy. 
and it's been delayed. My plan has been delayed because of it. There's going to be correction in these last days because of that. Now, is correction a bad thing? No, because correction brings instruction and correction and instruction bring us into the perfect will of God. You know that you've probably heard me say it, but I, uh, I traveled or I got to have an opportunity to fly a plane one time and I got to go up and do a flight school. And one thing that the flight instructor told me about flying was that you have to constantly be making adjustments because there's uh, situations and there's the atmosphere and there's wind out there that's blowing the plane around and it tries to get the plane off course. And so you're constantly having to make corrections and adjustments in that plane to get it to stay on the course that has been set. And that's exactly what is supposed to happen in the realm of the spirit and in our lives spiritually. We are to constantly be making corrections and adjustments in our life in order to stay on the path that the Lord has called us to. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Correction and instruction actually should never cease in our lives. If it ceases, if we don't find ourselves being, um, uh, finding ourselves under correction and instruction, then we're off spiritually. If you can't heed instruction and, and correction in, in your life, then you've gotten off spiritually. Because whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Whom the Lord loves, he corrects. He chastises, the King James says. The Lord corrected me with his word. John 15, verse 3. Now you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. The Lord corrected me with his word when he said, you're not praying like I told you to. So he will correct us with his word. That is how the Lord corrects us. But then right along with that, if we do not heed the correction that he is bringing into our lives, we can find ourselves getting off the path and out of the protection that he has for us. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? I want to close tonight by reading something that the Lord Jesus said to me. And I believe I've covered everything that needed to be covered in this meeting. But I want to read something to you. And I'll start out by saying, I never asked for this ministry. I never said to the Lord, Lord, I just really want to do this. But the Lord dealt with me about it. And I tried to get out of it for a while. I'll be honest with you. In fact, there was a time in my life when I was not only trying to avoid yielding to the Spirit of God and yielding to what He wanted, but I also was talking against it. And I was talking to other ministers about it. I really don't want to do that. There's so much persecution surrounding this. There's so much opposition that's surrounding this. There's so much falseness from others that distort it and ruin it. I don't want to do this, Lord. And I was talking about it too much. Well, I didn't correct that in my life. And one day I woke up And I was terribly sick. I was terribly sick. I found myself with symptoms that, that should not have been there. And if you know me, you know I hardly ever get sick. I believe that we should walk in divine health and healing. I believe we can get to the place in his perfect will where sickness and disease can't attach itself to us. I'll take sickness out of the midst of you. That was in the old covenant. And the number of our, your days you shall fulfill. That was the old covenant. How much better under a new covenant? How much more under a new covenant? And so 
when there's sickness and disease, it can oftentimes be connected with disobedience. I'm not saying it's the only time, but it can be connected sometimes. And I found myself just terribly sick. And so I went to the Lord about it. And I said, Lord, what's going on? What's wrong? And he dealt with me. He said, you have been talking against the anointing I've placed on your life. You have resisted the call. You're not yielded like you're supposed to be. And if you don't correct it, it can get worse. Well, thank God for 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that includes sins of disobedience, spiritual sins. Doubt and unbelief is a, spirit, is a spiritual sin. It can cleanse us from those things. And thank God for it. So I made the correction and I got back into his perfect will, got back under the umbrella, umbrella of his love. But I found myself out on the devil's territory because of what I was allowing in my life, what I was thinking on, what I was yielded to, what I was um, talking about, how I was talking against the anointing. You know, ministers can talk against the own anointing on the, their anointing on their own life. They can talk against the anointing that's on their own life. It's not just required of believers to not touch God's anointed. Like the psalmist said, touch not mine anointed, neither do my prophets any harm. That's not just required of believers, but that's also required of the minister as well. You don't touch that anointing. You don't touch that anointing. You touch that anointing, you've touched something that's holy and it's from God. Are you listening to me? And so I, I touched it. I touched the anointing on my own life, guys. This is for somebody. And it opened the door to things that weren't right. And thank God we can correct it and get right back on the perfect path for our lives, the perfect will of God for our lives. But do not touch the anointing. Now, earlier this year, in February of... 2022, February 3rd, actually, 2022. So this year, the Lord Jesus came and visited me. And he spoke to me for about almost an hour about some things. He talked to me about ministry gifts. He talked to me about the state of the world and things that were coming. And the reason why I'm emphasizing that is because Jesus said to emphasize it. He said to me, you tell them that I came to you and you tell them that I spoke to you and you um, share that with them so that it's up to them whether or not they believe it or not. But in other words, you tell them and it's up to them what they do with it. So he made that very clear to me. And so that's why I say it that way. But he shared something, or he talked to me for almost an hour about some things. And I want to share some of these things with you. Not everything applies to you. So if it doesn't apply to you, don't take it. But I'm going to read it for the sake of everybody because some things may apply to some people. Here's what the Lord Jesus said to me. He said, the reason why ministers have failed in ministry, why they have failed ministries, why they have failed churches, why there's failed marriages, why there's family problems, why there's money problems, why there's health problems, and even some die young and early, is because of a misuse and abuse of the anointing. And 
they've not done what I said to do. He said, don't make light of it, nor disesteem the things which have been given to you. He gave me Romans eleven thirteen. He said, I magnify my office. Man is not magnified, but the office is magnified and God is magnified. The holy gift from God. When my ministers, those whom I've called and placed my spirit upon, dishonor my anointing and my call before the people, they have dishonored me. A misrepresentation of me is the reason why my people have no honor nor reverence for my spirit or my house. And because of those who abuse my anointing and the office I've called them to, not the only reason, but this is one reason. And I will hold them accountable and responsible for the abuse in my house. I will hold pastors, shepherds responsible for lost sheep. I will hold ministers responsible for not speaking when I told them to speak, for holding back because of pressure, for not moving when I said to move. For there, if there is to be a move of God in your midst, in your church, you must yield, you must respond, and you must obey me. If you grieve my spirit, I will pass you by. I will go to a house of reverence, Jesus said, and obedience, and I will go to a place of yieldedness. This is not just for ministers. This is not just for pastors. This is for the body. If you grieve my spirit, I will pass you by. I will go to a house of reverence and obedience. I will go to a place of yieldedness. This is why I said, pray for my church. And you guys remember, I've told that story back in March of 2018. The Lord said that to me. Many will miss out. Many are missing out on my move. Then Jesus said, if you repent, I will restore you. And I will sustain you during these hard times. If you will listen, you will be forewarned and prepared. If you rebel, you will be devoured and consumed and judged. And there will not be fruit. These are days of judgment. 1 Peter 4.17 said, uh, Their day and the hours come when judgment shall begin at the house of God. He said to me, pray and stay close. Pray and stay close to me in tune. For the end is near. The Lord said to me, be faithful. Now here's something else the Lord said, and this is really important. He said, don't let my people, don't let people, don't let people go to a devil's hell. Isn't that so important? Don't, he was so emphatic when he said it. Don't let people go to a devil's hell. Don't let people go to a devil's hell. Is there to be a harvest in these last days? Yes. It requires yieldedness. It requires obedience. It requires faithfulness. And then the Lord said, tell them I came to you. Tell them I spoke to you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What is going on? There, we've talked about a lot of different things. Miracles, signs, and wonders to take place in these last days. We've talked about the perfect will of God. We've talked about the correction that's to take place in these last, last days. Is it important? Are they all connected? Yes. In order to enter into everything that God has for us, we need to be ready. We need to be spiritually ready. We need to be spiritually in tune. We need to be spiritually hunger, hunger, hungry for the things of righteousness. We need to be 
We need to be yielded. There's a, there's a need for this, guys. And the Holy Ghost is speaking to hearts. The Holy Ghost is dealing with people's lives to get in, to come into the fullness of what he has for them, to come into the greater things he has in store for them. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with Stephen Overbaugh Ministries, you can visit our website at stephenoverbaugh.com or you can follow us on all of our social media platforms where we continue to teach and admonish the body of Christ in the ways of the Spirit and stir them up to take the power of the Holy Ghost into their world.